Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for being with us. Everybody stand to your feet now. Grab a hymn book. Uh, let's stand and make a joyful noise together. Brother Ken's going to come lead us. Amen. Page number 31 this morning, he lives. We'll sing the first second, the first and last verse today. Hymn number 31, he lives in the blue song book. thinking or standing here thinking about the fact that we serve a risen savior amen in the world today thank you for being here this morning i'm going to have brother tim open us up in prayer give you just a couple of quick prayer requests please uh pray for whitley if you would uh, she's expected to deliver sometime this week so please pray and they're going to induce on saturday if she doesn't pray for her pray for mrs bolio's father they had to take him to the er this morning up in pennsylvania so please pray for him if you would if you're here today to hear from heaven say amen brother tim take us to the throne of grace if you would let's pray together brother tim Gracious Heavenly God, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have to be in your house this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the beautiful weather you've provided for us. For everyone that's made the effort to be here this morning, God, I pray a special blessing upon them. God, we thank you for this Easter holiday. We thank you, God, for your son who died on the cross for our sins. We're not celebrating the death today, Lord. We're celebrating a risen Savior who has provided a way of salvation for us. We thank you, God, for taking our sins upon you. We thank you, God, for rising again just to be there for us, Lord. Without you, we would have no hope of eternity. God, we thank you, Lord, for everything you do for us on a daily basis. There's nothing you do that we deserve. There's no way that we could earn our way into heaven, that we could work. We've done nothing to deserve it, God, and yet you just sacrificed your life for us. I thank you, God, for that and pray that you'll be with each one of us here. We pray, God, that you will just show up and show out today, Lord. Be with Brother Greg as he brings the message, Lord, and that he, I pray you will prepare our hearts to receive that message. And God, once again, I thank you, Lord, for just dying on the cross for my sins. And just be with us today, God, and we ask that your, your 
will be done in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You listen to the choir. I hope this song blesses your heart. Man, listen to the words of this. For thousands of years, uh, the blood of animals were shed uh, for the salvation of man. But on crucifixion day, the greatest blood that was ever shed was shed. You listen now as the choir sings.
blesses your heart. This is called Hallelujah to the Lamb. I love to hear Brother Bobby sing it. We've got much to praise him for on this Resurrection Sunday. You listen to Brother Bobby.
you glad this morning we can say hallelujah to a risen lamb? Amen. Thank you for coming out on this Sunday morning. Thank you for being here. I love standing up and seeing barely a seat available. You had to get here early to get a seat in the back, didn't you? Amen. Thank you for coming on this Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday. Let me give you just a couple of quick announcements this morning. First of all, of course, no evening services tonight. We know most of us will be celebrating with family, so uh, uh, we'll have a good time here today, but no evening services tonight. Also, a reminder, this is in your bulletin right after services today. Uh, those folks who are going, uh, the youngsters and parents who are going uh, to the Sunday School Zoo trip on April the 27th, that's for our Sunday School class, please meet after church. That's Mary Margaret and Brother David Martin's class. Please meet after church. Also, this coming Saturday, April the 27th, is our golf tournament. Uh, we are doing that as a fundraiser here at uh, Beaver Hills. If you're going to participate, if you've got something to donate, whatever you can do, if you'd please brother see Brother Ken today for that. And we're also looking for whole sponsors as well. Brother Ken's got all of that information. Please keep that in mind if you would. Next Sunday, choir practice. If you're a faithful member here at the church, we invite invite you to come join our choir. We have a good time. Uh, we sing by letter. You open your mouth and let her rip. Amen. So uh, you come join us next Sunday uh, for choir practice. Uh, also, I've got already listed in there lots of events and activities uh, over the next several months to, so you can put those on your respective calendars. Uh, and then also, this is not in your bulletin, but want to bring this to your attention. Coming up in August is the annual Ladies Mountain Retreat, August 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. There will be a sign up sheet over in our postal area. So if you ladies think you're going to participate, you don't have to give money yet, but we want to get an accurate count of who may be going so that we can get rooms reserved because those go pretty quickly and we will confirm cost and a pay-by date coming up in May. So please keep that in mind uh, if you would. All right, let's get all of our youngsters up here this morning. If you're heading to Children's Church or Junior Church, we got lots of visitors. Let me explain to you what's about to happen. They're going to come around and collect any loose change that you have. We call this our Penny March, and it helps support our ladies and children's programming here. So you give as generously as you can. Take off, young folks.
Everybody heading to Children's Church and Junior Church. Come on this morning. Children's Church, Junior Church. as always for uh, participating in this ministry the kids love it and I love to see all the kids uh, if you don't have kids you don't have life so I appreciate your kindness and generosity fellas make your way down brother Bobby's going to sing for the offering this morning you will be obedient unto the Lord with his tithes and offerings if you brought those Jesus bags in 30 pieces of silver drop those in the offering plate I hope they get so heavy that the ushers cannot carry them all amen we're going to pray Lord we love you today and we're so thankful for the opportunity that you've presented to us to be in your house, to assemble together. Lord, we thank you for what this day stands for, what it means, and what it represents. Bless now this offering, uh, Brother Bobby, as he sings in Christ's name. Amen. Let me just say before I start that, you know, this is the Easter season. We're celebrating the blood that was shed and the risen Savior. But the beauty of that is the blood will always be there. It'll, it'll, it'll never go away. Just listen to the words. One dark night in Egypt A fearful time had come For one little he His father's firstborn son Now with the angel of death Passing low It was hard to fall asleep And one little lamb Stood in his mind As he lay there counting sheep He wondered why the young lamb Had to die why his blood was on the door Through the wind and rain It had still remained But he wanted to be sure So he called out to his earthly father With a trembling voice so scared Crying, Father, will you Please look and see if the blood is still there. He said, Son, now don't you worry, for the blood is there to stay. The wind may blow, the rain may fall, but it won't just wash away. The blood will stand the raging storm It's been applied with loving care Safe, secured, you can rest assured That the blood is still there Looking over the damage Satan's storms had left behind A flood of endless questions Doubt had filled my mind 
But then the fear that gripped my troubled soul Took me back to my knees in prayer Crying, Father, will you please look and see If the blood is still there He said, Son, now don't you worry For the blood is there to stay The wind may blow, the rain may fall But it won't just wash away The blood will stand the raging storm It's been applied with loving care Safe, secure, you can rest assured That the blood is still there Safe, secure, you can rest assured That the blood is still there Amen, let's all stand together one more time Page number 29 in your blue songbook there Number 29, at the cross, we'll do that first verse course. Have a time of fellowship. Page number 29 this morning.
so much. I say this all the time. We got a lot of visitors here, so I'll say, you come to our church and somebody doesn't shake your hand or hug your neck, it's because you ran away from them. Amen. Just before the preaching of the word this morning, I want Brother Ken to come sing one of my absolute favorite songs. Uh, and uh, I want you to listen to the words behind it. I shared a little bit of the lyrics last Sunday during the preaching, but I want you to listen especially as we celebrate the resurrected Lord and Savior. You listen this morning. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind.
Matthew chapter 28 this morning. Matthew chapter 28. We will read verses 1 through 10 today. Detailing what is the greatest event in human history. Let me say that again. What we're about to read this morning is without question the Christian Bolio. I'm glad to see you, man. We got one of our service boys. I'm just embarrassed. Oh, that's not him. Never mind. I thought that's Christian. He just looks like his brother. I'm glad to see you too, son. Amen. <laughs> Mama's going, that's not him. That's not him. I just embarrassed the snot out of that kid. Amen. We're going to read... <laughs> We're going to read uh, the, the story behind the greatest event in human history. The event that changed everything. Amen. Matthew 28. Let's begin reading verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, to the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Go quickly, tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. Behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. They departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came, and held him by the feet, and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go and tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Father, we love you this morning. We cannot celebrate enough the fact that you are alive and well. Lord, we are celebrating that incredible, incredible event not Jesus on the cross. Lord, we praise you for that. But Lord, there have been other men throughout history who have been crucified. But Lord, we celebrate this morning that he's not a lamb on a cross, but he's a lion of Judah resurrected. For Lord, while there have been others who have been crucified, there's only one who's ever been resurrected. There's only one who ever got up out of the tomb the Lord is now seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray your blessings upon our services today, upon our preaching time. 
Lord, this is such a vital part of the hour, not because I'm doing it, but because, Lord, preaching is what you ordained as the instrument of salvation. So, Lord, before we get into the word this morning, I'm going to plead with you. There's anyone here who knows about Christ but doesn't know him as Savior. Lord, I pray that this would be the day, the moment, the hour where you'd send the Spirit of God to convict them. And Lord, they might recognize in full pardon of sin uh, that Jesus died for them. Save that soul. Lord, draw us closer to you so that when we walk out of here, we would all say it was good to be in God's house. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're new here, you won't be here very long before you find out that we like to have a good time. We don't come to church to be bored. And I know sometimes that scares Baptists, but my congregation knows that I'm a child. My mother wasn't a Baptist. My mother was raised West Virginia, Pentecostal holiness. That explains a lot, doesn't it? Amen. I've said many a time that I come to church to have a good time. So I have a songwriter friend not named Kyla (laughs) who wrote a song about it many, many years ago, and it's one of my favorites. Simply says, a little old lady came to talk to her preacher. This is what she had to say. Some of our folks have started carrying on and acting in a very undignified way. They've been saying amen in the middle of the service, shouting out loud, and it makes me nervous. Preacher, I've had about all I can take. Please do something for heaven's sake. Well, the preacher thought about it for a minute or two about the way it used to be. When service lasted just under an hour, nothing counted for eternity. See, the choir would sing, the people would stare. The invitation came, but the altar was bare. So he said to the sister as he showed her the door, I'll do something, that's for sure. The very next Sunday, as he started his sermon, this became his number one goal. To remind the folks of how it used to be before the Lord came and took control. He said, some of our folks have started carrying on, lifting their voices and praising the Lord. Now, some of the folks here don't understand why you act this way. but This is what I have to say. Carry on, brothers and sisters. Carry on, Mrs. and Mr.'s. Does not matter what others say or do, you carry on if God's been good to you. You can praise the Lord and raise your hand, shout hallelujah, even say amen. Churches have been quiet for much too long. Brothers and sisters, let's carry on. I can't think of a better day to celebrate that he's alive and well than Resurrection Sunday. Amen. You know that Jesus came to earth with a purpose. Luke 19.10 tells us that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You also understand that death was absolutely essential. You see, folks, had he not suffered the death of the cross, there would have been no payment for sin. He had to die so that we might be offered life. However, every believer knows this, death is not the end of the story. There have been other men who've been crucified. 
I'm not trying to minimize what Jesus went through, for I do believe that his was the worst ever experienced. But there are others. The Romans were experts at crucifixion. There have been others who were buried, but there has only ever been one that got up out of the grave. Because he lives, those who belong to him are promised eternal life. So with the help of the Lord, I want to give you a message this morning that I'm entitling, Grace Demanded the Grave. Grace Demanded the Grave. Four things we'll look at quickly. Let me set the stage. 2,000 years ago, very early in the morning, the clock has just struck past 6 a.m., Beginning the new day, the first day of the week. Not the Sabbath. The Sabbath is Saturday, but dawning of Sunday morning. The first day of the week. Some women followers of Christ. I'll pause a moment and say we often talk about the 12 apostles, uh, 11 excluding Judas. uh, But you understand that when it came time now to do what was necessary for the burial of Christ, the men jokers ain't nowhere to be found. Those same fellows, with the exception of John, were not at the cross. It was the ladies who were following Christ the closest at this point. I'll pause a minute, church, and say simply, thank God for godly women in our church. But I want you to notice, on this first Resurrection Sunday, as they made their way to the tomb, they're not celebrating, they're not happy, they're not excited. In fact, they are in mourning. Scripture tells us that In verse 1, you don't have to read it again, but it was the end of the Sabbath. It began to dawn. It's the first day of the week. Uh, Matthew tells us that there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Other gospel accounts tell us there were other ladies in addition to those two. uh, And they make their way to the grave site where Jesus was. You see, because of the expediency of what happened on Friday and the expediency of the crucifixion, he's nailed to the cross by 9 a.m., taken off six hours later, approximately 3 p.m. They've got to get him off the cross. They've got to get him in the grave by the time the Sabbath ends, or rather by the time the the Sabbath begins. They've got to do this work very quickly. And so there was no time to do what was usually appropriate for a dead man, to anoint the body with spices. I don't want to be gross or unkind with you, but you understand that in in, in Jewish society, uh, they did not have what we have today with the embalming process. It would be necessary because of the natural odor uh, that a dead body would give off. Uh, They would anoint a body with spice to cover that up. Uh, That was typical of Jewish burial. Uh, It was considered a sacred act. But in this moment, uh, because of the expediency of the crucifixion, none of that had happened. So as these ladies make their way to the tomb, they're worried. They're mourning. They don't know how they're going to get the stone away from the entrance. They're concerned because the Roman guards are there. They don't know that they're going to be allowed to even do what it is that they want to do. But with all of their heart, they loved this man, and so they want to do what is right and religiously appropriate for his burial. I'll pause a moment and say many of us, Know what it's like to mourn the loss of a loved one. You've buried a parent. You've buried a sibling. Some of you in here have even done what I think has to be the hardest thing known to humanity. Bury a child. You understand that that mourning process 
It hurts. Full of fear, full of anger, sometimes uh, full of emotion. And you recognize that that journey to the grave is a difficult one. There was mourning. For all of us uh, who've been saved, mourning is a reality. You see, folks, not only was there weeping, but secondly, I want you to note there was also wonder. What was weeping quickly gave way to praise and celebration. Why? Well, things were not quite as these women expected. <laughs> you see, as they made their way to the tomb, God was already intervening miraculously. And things were just not as they anticipated. In fact, when they got there, the scene was altogether different than what they thought they'd experience. Don't you love it when God shows up and totally turns things upside down? What was different? What was unusual? What was unexpected? Well, first, the stone was already gone. <laughs> now, I think in my mind's eyes as they made this approximately half a mile walk to the tomb where Jesus lay, Scripture says that there was a great earthquake. I believe the ladies probably felt this. I can't help but think if this was something they experienced, so maybe they're even more terrified. But as they get there, they're discussing, how are we going to get this giant stone away? How are we going to move this huge boulder from the entrance? And when they got there, that had already been taken care of. Can I pause a moment and say, that stone was not rolled away so that Jesus could come out. That stone was rolled away so that these ladies could look inside. You see, folks, they needed to understand that Jesus was not here, that he'd already risen. And the only way to know this is to look inside and see an empty grave. So the stone was already gone. By the way, this was not uh, some, uh, if you'll indulge me a moment, I don't believe this was some Hollywood slow motion roll. In fact, uh, I'm not a Hebrew or a Greek scholar. I know just a little bit to be dangerous. I used to say I know a little bit of Greek. He serves my favorite baklava. Amen. But I know just a little bit to be dangerous. Uh, but what I do know uh, is that in the originals, uh, it doesn't mean it was a slow, gentle roll. That thing was flat out flung away from the tomb. And as they made their way there, they did not just see the stone rolled away. They saw an angel sitting smack dab on top of the stone. As almost to say, what's up, ladies? Morning. How are you today? And in fact, the sepulcher gave very quick evidence that there was a heavenly visitor that was now inhabiting the place where Jesus lay. In fact, Scripture says uh, in verse number 2, the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone, sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was white as snow. For fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead man. By the way, that's something else the Lord took care of. Not only were these ladies fearful about trying to get the stone rolled away, they were fearful of what the guards were going to do. Were they going to allow them in? Were they going to allow Jesus' body to be anointed? Were they going to stop them from doing it? And God handled it all. 
And so when they come, they see the the guards are passed out in front of them. They see the stone has been removed from the door. And they see a heavenly visitor who's shining as bright as lightning, clothed in a garment white as snow. And as if they're saying, Christ is risen, he's victorious, and I've come to tell you that he's alive. Fast forward 2,000 years. We celebrate on Easter Sunday the very same message. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. However, my church has heard me say this many of times. When the church was in its infancy, the worship day was still the Sabbath, Saturday. But when Jesus was resurrected, that worship day was changed. No longer do we worship on the Sabbath. Now we worship on the first day of the week. Preacher, what's the big deal? It's a real big deal. Because Easter Sunday morning, we come with one message. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. But next Sunday morning, when you get your church clothes on, and you get your Bible, and you put your family in the car, uh, you're saying the same thing. As for me and my house, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. He's alive. He's, uh, he's not just alive Easter Sunday, church. Uh, he'll be alive next Sunday, uh, and in May, and in August, uh, and in September, every... Every time you come to God's house on a Sunday, you're saying, uh, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. The stone, the sepulcher, there was mourning, there was wonder, weeping. But then thirdly, notice there was a witness. It's wonderful and exciting as the events were. These women could not stay at the tomb. Christ, listen, had been resurrected. And I don't, I don't think it's an accident that he appeared to the women first. First, first of all, he needed the message spread. Amen, preacher Greg. That's right. You tell him, buddy. <laughs> Telephone, television, tell a woman. Amen. I can't help but think if he'd have picked. Y'all like that, don't you? Y'all not going to remember a slap thing I say today but that. Amen. You give me a ride home, buddy. Amen. <laughs> Can't you imagine if there had been social media? Have you seen what I saw? <laughs> I can't help but think if he'd appeared to the men first, they'd have come up with logical explanations. Oh, they didn't stole him. The thieves come and took the body of Jesus. Oh, I don't know where he is, but he can't be good. Amen. But he appears to the women first. Mary Magdalene by herself first. And then subsequently these women on the way. Why preacher? First of all, as soon as he, you note me, as soon as he appeared to them, they instantly started worshiping. I'm going to pause again and say something some folks don't like. I'm Baptist to the core, Baptist born, Baptist bred. When I die, I'll be Baptist dead. But you hear me been in Baptist church all of my life and some of the finest godliest people I know are women of the church 
who know what it means to worship God. I've knelt beside of some men, listened to them pray, and I thought, man, they can get a hold of God. But honey, you get around some women that know how to pray. The holy goosebumps will stand on top of your head. Preacher last night shared, uh, Brother DuPont at, 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 at Northside Baptist, a story that I heard years ago in seminary. Brother Wilbur Chapman, a great preacher of yesteryear, five sons, uh, all five of them became preachers. Uh, and a reporter asked uh, the six of them, the preacher and the five sons, which of you is the greatest preacher? And all of them turned and pointed to Mama. She never preached a word, never claimed to be a preacher, but they said she lived a godly life in front of us. She's the reason we're preachers today. Mamas and grandmas, you listen to me. You're living out an example in front of your children that they will never get past. And if you're not, you ought to be. Notice these women worship the Lord. Scripture says that they began to fall at their feet On Friday, uh, hope was lost, uh, but on Sunday, hope rose again. On Friday, uh, everyone was in mourning. Uh, Everything is over. Uh, Life is not right. Uh, This whole plan has fallen apart. Uh, Nothing is going to be what was expected. Uh, On Friday, uh, everyone's wondering, what are we going to do? On Friday, uh, the demons thought they had him. Uh, On Friday, Satan thought he had destroyed him. Uh, But on Sunday, everything changed. Uh, On Sunday, the demons said we couldn't hold him. Uh, Satan said, uh, what happened? Uh, And God said, that's my boy amen there was witness there was weeping there was wonder go with me if you would please to verse number 7 of our text quickly scripture says go quickly tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead behold he goeth before you into Galilee There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. It is that last clause there that gets me excited. I think the women had to rejoice inside. Ye shall see him. You see, the grave being empty, it was one. Hear what I'm about to say. Don't throw your Bible at me. The grave being empty was wonderful. But there were some possible logical explanations for that. And in fact, some of these are what would be propagated throughout the society. His body was stolen. Thieves came and got him. He, all kinds of things that could have accounted for the missing body. But when the angel said, ye shall see him, that changed everything. Because if you see him, that means he's alive. Amen. If you see him, that means uh, that it's not some accident, uh, that his body's not been stolen. It means uh, he is alive. Expectation quickly became jubilation. For in verse number 8, Scripture says, They departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and joy, did run to bring his disciples' word. I think in that moment, hear me, it clicked. I think in that moment, their doubts, their fears gave way to hope and assurance. They came, listen, to anoint a dead body, but left with the promise of seeing their Savior. 
May I pause just a moment and make a simple but profound application. I am so thankful for the day it clicked in my life. I say all the time, I was raised on drugs. I was drugged to the church every time the doors were open. I got saved as a youngster. I believe that with all of my heart. But at the age of seven, I had not done a whole lot of stuff. Six days shy, seven days shy of being seven years old, I'd not gotten into a whole lot of mess. But you hear me, as I got older, I got into a whole lot of mess. Mess that I don't talk about in front of my children. Mess that sometimes even my wife doesn't know about. Mess that I just as soon forget about. But the enemy doesn't like for me to forget about it. He likes to sneak up on my shoulders and remind me of what I was. Remind me of who I used to be. Remind me of where I used to go. Remind me of the things I used to do. But I am so thankful for the day it clicked in my life when I remembered and realized and understood that who I used to be doesn't matter with God. It's who I'm going to be. The things I used to do doesn't matter. It's what I'm going to do. Where I used to go doesn't matter. It's where I'm going to go. Where the man I was doesn't matter because he has transformed me into a brand new creature. Thank God for the day it clicked. I remember the day, I remember that day far greater than the day of my salvation. I know that doesn't fit Baptist ideology. Hear me? Seven days shy of being seven years old, I didn't get it. A 21-year-old who was spiraling out of control, I got it. I understood it. I knew what it meant for him to know me. I knew what it meant for him to know me and love me anyway. I knew what it meant. For him to look at everything I've done and say, nevertheless, I forgive thee. Go and sin no more. It was wonder. There was a witness. Finally, this morning, fourthly, notice, if you would, please, there was worship. Quickly, verse number 9 says, When to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. You know what that means? It means, hey, everybody. Look this way. It means stop what you're doing. Pay attention to who's in front of you. Don't you understand? When the cares of the world weigh you down, we can walk around spiritually with our head in the wrong direction. Don't you understand? When the weight of the world begins to weigh you down, when the cares of the world begin to distract you, it is easy to get our eyes off of heaven and down on the problems. One of my favorite preachers of yesteryear Dr. Harold B. Seitler, giant of a man, a giant man, not just spiritually but physically, Tabernacle Baptist down in South Carolina. He was 6'5 and weighed easily 350 pounds. A big dude. In fact, I only heard him preach twice. And the second time I heard him preach was down at Gospel Light Baptist Church. His voice came from his toes. He was not only a big man, but he had this great, big, deep, booming voice. And he stood up that morning and said, I just ran into somebody, and I want to tell you about the conversation because I know it'll get out. I sat back and thought, oh, my goodness, what are we going to find? This is going to be juicy Baptist gossip. Amen. He said, I looked at a young preacher and said, how are you, brother? And the preacher responded, I'm all right under the circumstances. 
I looked at that young preacher and said, are you a child of God? Yes, sir, I am. Then what in God's name are you doing under the circumstances? You're a child of God. Lift up your head. Redemption draweth nigh. All hail the power of Jesus' name. And as he began, Jesus began to speak. He said they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. I submit to you this morning, women were overcome with his presence and did what was their rightful duty. They worshipped. Finally, this morning, Scripture says what I think is some of the greatest words in all of the story. said, Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. May I paraphrase. You came here this morning, ladies, terrified. Walk away here celebrating. You came here this morning wondering what you were going to experience. Walk away here bathing in the wonder of your king. You came here this morning thinking that Jesus was dead. He says, walk out of here. Go tell everybody Jesus is alive. You're here this morning, and you know about Jesus. We're so glad you're here. You're in the right place. But I don't want you to walk out of here just knowing about him. I want you to walk out of here knowing him. I want you to walk out of here experiencing the same thing these women experienced. Uh, Lord, uh, I see you spiritually. I want to worship you forever. Stand to our feet this morning. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Brother Ken, come get us a song to sing. What a Savior. What a moment. What a day of celebration. What a day of worship. He took our place on the cross. Bore our sin and shame. Rose victorious. Becoming what the Old Testament calls the first fruits of resurrection. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Quickly this morning. I'll not have a lengthy invitation, but I want to ask you a simple question. Pastor Greg. I know I'm saved. Know that I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm so thankful. Would you just lift your hand up all over the building? Thank you so much. You can put them down. There's nobody looking. You're here today and you said, Preacher couldn't raise my hand. There are several that didn't. I'm not sure about where I'd spend eternity. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Nobody's looking. Pray for me. Thank you. I saw that one. Thank you so much. I saw the second one. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Can I just pause a moment and say that if you're here today and you've never been saved, today is your day of salvation. I'd love to take this Bible and show you how you can be saved. The Spirit's drawing you. I'd implore you to step out and let us take this old-fashioned Bible and lead you to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
Second question, and we're going to move quickly. You're saved, no doubt about it, but there are issues and situations and circumstances that you're dealing with that you need God to take over. Preacher, pray for me this morning. Boy, I'm seeing a lot of hands go up. Major challenges, battles, I appreciate that. You can put your hands down. Brother Ken's going to sing us a verse. I'd implore you that raised your hands, step out right now. Come on, step out. Don't wait for somebody else. Come on, step out right now. Come on, quickly, quickly. Would you come this morning? I hear the Savior say. with each other. Thank you for being here today, folks. Aren't you glad you serve a risen Savior? Amen? He's in the world today. Brother Carl's going to dismiss us in prayer. If you're visiting with us, we invite you to come back Wednesday next Sunday. By the way, I'm going to pause a moment and just tell you this. We have 337 in attendance today, which is our highest Sunday morning attendance that we've had. So praise the Lord. Thank you for coming out this morning. Appreciate your presence and we're, we'll be here next Sunday too. Barring the rapture. And if the rapture happens, Brother Ken would still love you to be here. Amen. Pray for us, Brother Carl. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. God, we just want to thank you for giving your son to die for us. But God, most of all, we thank you that he was able to raise himself up again, that we could have life and have a more life eternal. God, we just thank you for the opportunity for that. And God, we just pray if there's one here this morning that hasn't experienced that opportunity, God, we pray that you'd give them another chance. God, we pray that you'd just watch over and protect them. God, keep them safe until they have that opportunity again because 
You don't promise it to them, but God, we're begging you give them one more chance. God, we just ask that you'd be with each one that's here today. Just ask you to have your will and way in our lives. Help us to be what you'd have us to be. In Christ's name, amen.